say my name until the city burns and the stars fade away and your scars don't hurt i will hold you till the sun comes crashing down i'm yours until the end of time hey everyone welcome to the restored to more podcast a listener supported podcast that is dedicated to restoring marriages to wholeness in christ after being affected by pornography and sexual brokenness After betraying charity with pornography and unwanted sexual behavior, we had no idea how to rebuild our relationship or even if it was possible to restore what was broken. Today, by God's grace, we have learned how to connect again, laugh again, and rebuild spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy to an even greater experience than before. Our goal is that as you hear our story, the stories of others, and the knowledge needed to heal, you too can have a marriage that is becoming restored to more. I'm yours until the end of time. Update everyone. Course one registrations are back open. Whoop, whoop. This is an eight week course starting Thursday, September 14th. That is designed to help you and your spouse start the journey to becoming restored to more. It will be led by R2M certified coaches, Cody and Michelle Larson. We will be focusing on how to cultivate safety and trust, healthy communication, deal with triggers, and begin to discover how God can use crisis to create closeness. You can see all the details on our website and can register today at www.restoredtomore.com slash courses. Also, if you have appreciated this podcast, a great way to say thank you is leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. These reviews help more people find the podcast and experience hope and healing. Say my name until the city. Hey guys, we're so excited you are here. We have an incredible guest, Dr. Carl Lehman. Dr. Lehman is a board-certified psychiatrist with 25 years and more than 40,000 hours of clinical experience. He has worked tenaciously throughout his career to integrate his personal Christian faith with medical science, modern mental health care, and scientific training. He has also been able to integrate faith-based emotional healing with insights provided by psychological and neurological research. One of his books, Outsmarting Yourself, Catching Your Past, Invading the Present, and What to Do About It, has been transforming the lives of thousands of people for a while now. We are so excited to have you, Dr. Lehman. Thank you for being on the Restored to More podcast. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Well, before we get started in asking some of the questions, uh, my first question is I would love um, to let our audience get to know you. Can you share with us a summary of your story? Yeah, so I had that question ahead of time, and I'll give you a couple pieces because um, it could easily take the whole hour. And <laughs> I'll try to give you a couple, uh, two strategic parts of my story. Perfect. Um, one, one part. So um, I'm a psychiatrist, uh, and even in medical school, I was thinking about you know how to how to integrate spiritual spirituality, how to integrate faith, and particularly my Christian faith in people's psychiatric care. Mm. So I was, you know, right from the beginning. We just kind of include prayer with, okay, Lord, you know, help us for healing, help us figure out where this has come from. Um, and then often people would, we'd find a traumatic memory. If somebody had a panic disorder or addiction or depression or some, some uh, symptom, there would often be some kind of painful memory that at least to some extent would contribute to it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Lord, can we heal that. And that was, that's something that's been done. There's uh, folks who've done that kind of prayer. For many years, I guess Sanford's has been not in your church. There's places that have done that, um, but when I use that myself, I, we we would see 
once or twice, rarely we would see some kind of dramatic miraculous healing, but mostly I was just doing my best at human psychotherapy, praying all the time, but seeing you know, rare results there. And then uh, doing that, you know, and well, if you have patients that you care about and they're in pain, that's, that's, that means I'm in pain. If somebody you care about is in pain, you kind of share that burden. And that's a pretty big motivator. So I was just constantly looking for, you know, Lord, um, better tools. I mean, it's fantastic to see once in a while healing, but it's way too little. We, I want to see a whole lot more of that. Wow. So yeah. eventually I discovered a technique called EMDR. It's sort of a, it's a, it's God's gift to the secular folks. Yeah. It, yes. uses it is. I mean, God's merciful. That's a, um, like penicillin, just God's <laughs> grace that, you know, children anywhere in the world with any faith tradition can get healed with penicillin. That's, that's God's grace, grace to everybody. Mm. So EMDR is a tool. It works just neuro, with neurological kind of uh, basic mainstream therapy, therapy techniques with a neurological tool that kind of helps make connections in the brain better. And when I added that, I started seeing, you know, instead of maybe one out of 10, I was starting to see, you know, one out of five, you know, 25% one out of four wow. people were having much better, you know, I would, uh, that, that we would find an underlying trauma and they would get really dramatic healing. And the person would say, oh my gosh, you know, I came in with this horrible phobia of driving ever since I had that car accident. And in two or three sessions, we would find the roots, we'd process through them and their phobia would be gone. Wow. Like, wow. That's, I mean, that's really glorious, but still there was a lot of, you know, where, whether it was 25% healing and 75% or, you know, 70, 30 or something, but it was still like, um, I want to see a lot more. Mm. So we uh, eventually learned about Theophosic. That's a kind of, um, an approach developed by Dr. Ed Smith. Uh, so it had some additional new insights and additional tools and faith for troubleshooting. And the results went up again, another notch, you know, 50, 70% with, with persistent, you know, kind of a high skill level of troubleshooting. We were seeing you know, pretty significant healing in, like I said, you know, 70% or something, which is, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. But if you have, what that means is every week I was still working with people who were stuck in a lot of pain and our tools were not working. Mm. And if you, if every single week you had to sit with somebody who you cared about and they're in intense pain and you felt helpless, then that, that's still a pretty good motivator. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Oh man. So in that context, you know, I, I had, there were certain people I was working with that were really, we couldn't figure out what was stuck. We were every week, they'd, I mean, tenacious people just working, 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 working so hard. Every week we would pray, Lord, what's in the way? We would use all the tools that mm. I knew to try to troubleshoot. You know, what's in the way? How can we move it? And with a, with a few of those people that I worked with many, many sessions, because one day I was working with, with a couple of those folks, um, and somewhere in that day I was in one of those sessions, and I just said, you know, Lord, I know you can heal this person. Mm. I know you want to heal them. I can, we cannot figure out what's in the way. You know, we need your help. I, I'm out of, I don't know what else to do, Lord. I know you can. I know you want to help me. And this is, I think this is probably the clearest experience in my life of feeling I, I just immediately I had a clear thought. 
from, which I sense is from God. Uh, for some of these people, you need to kind of uh, let go of always trying to just get into the traumatic memory. And I want you to take a season and just help these people connect with me and spend time in my presence. And that was hmm. the whole thing comes in a moment. And those are like my best words to it. it um, there are these times where you just in, in, in a moment have a sense of God's presence and sort of a package of truth. And words are not adequate to, to really do justice, but that's, that's the best word version. And that, uh, that was the first, first kind of revelation gift piece of the Emmanuel approach that like, instead of focusing on the traumatic memory and praying and kind of using other things as tools to try to do that, the idea of the foundation of the work would be a connection with God's presence. Mm -hmm. And then everything else would be that the foundation in the center would be help the person perceive God's living interactive friendship presence. That would be the center and the foundation. And then all the rest would be tools and blessings. And that was like the, the first piece of the Emmanuel approach. And then over the course of a number of months and years, Dr. Jim Wilder and I worked to, to kind of flush it out and tweak it and fine tune it and, and um, produce the, the package that we currently have, which is, you know, um, well, we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. So wow. that was a part of my professional journey where we got to the Emmanuel approach. My personal piece of that is that uh, any tools that I use, Charlotte and I, my wife Charlotte and I, anything we discover, we try it on ourselves and each other. So we're the number one guinea pigs. <laughs> and with that EMDR and then with Theophosic and then with Emmanuel, you know, I use all those tools on myself. And so that's, that's, that's 20 years now where I've been you know, just regularly, just as a part of my personal, spiritual, personal growth discipline, to have either with Charlotte or I have another prayer partner that I pray with sometimes. And I just regularly, you know, once or twice a month at least, have an hour, hour and a half with the Lord. Okay, Lord, you know, what's the next step forward? Is there anything else, you know, any splinters, any painful, is there any painful stuff in my life from childhood, teen years, young adult, medical school, anything in my life that's getting in the way that you need to heal? And I just show up, you know, on a regular basis, say, okay, Lord, anything else that we need to deal with there? And doing that over years, I have just, and, and Charlotte, to me, one of the gold standard things is if your if your wife agrees, like if you have a testimony about you know, something that's supposed to be good in your life, you want to ask the person's spouse. Mm. You know, okay, so is, is that what you see at home when there's no guests over? Mm. And Charlotte will tell you that I have just become more relational, less anxious, mm. more patient, and not just subtle, small stuff. I mean. It's just there's just been profound, progressively increasing, permanent change as I have done that healing work. And one of the coolest pieces of that, um, I, I'm convinced that most old traumatic memories find some way of kind of getting some dirt onto God. It just you know, if it's something painful, it doesn't you know the classic is oh, how's your relationship with your father? Yeah, I mean, most people know that one. Mm. Yeah, totally. But it can be 
it can be your uncle. It can be your first grade teacher. It can be the janitor. It can be the, the playground monitor. It can be the gym teacher. It can be your soccer coach. It can be any person. It can be the politicians that you thought were in charge of the world when you were a child. <laughs> there are so many ways that painful experiences can subtly affect your relationship with the Lord. Mm. The, the trauma, the, the, the toxic, the distorted, negative feelings and emotions in that trauma find some way to creep onto God, to your perception of God's heart and character and your relationship with God. So, you know, I'd love I've to ask you a that. question about that right there, if you don't mind. Let me, let me finish one thing. Oh, please. Question. So with that, a, a huge fruit of my regular healing over the years, it, it has transformed just my gut involuntary. What feels true about God's character and heart has been wonderfully mm gloriously, steadily, increasingly transformed for the better as a part of my healing journey. Mm. So now you can ask the question. Man, that is, well, I just was getting excited. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you, hear, you can hear it. You can hear the joy in your voice. You can hear the transformational power. Just spending time with Jesus has done. And, you know, I think a lot of people, including myself, don't always know how to get there. You know, just getting to that space where we're not necessarily reading a devotional we're not listening to worship music. We are you're not having to do something for God and doing an act of service. All those things are good things, right? Don't have me wrong. But but just sitting with Jesus is a spiritual discipline, I think, that a lot of people have yet to develop. And I believe for myself, I'm still very much developing that. And I can just hear the transformational power it's had on your life. It's really amazing. Yes, yes. Uh, what part of that should we just, should we explain that? that yes. <laughs> you know, let me, let me ask you this. So here's a little bit of my journey and this is probably more for the guys, but you know, part of my story was that I am, um, I consistently asked God to change me and to take away the addiction. And I, I, I grew up a Christian my whole life. I have seen God do miracles. I'd seen him heal people physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'd seen people who were addicted to pornography. I'd seen them walk away from it. I'd walk away from smoking and walk away from drugs. And and I so I knew that God could heal. There was no question in my mind of whether God could heal. But over time, that prayer just was answered. What I interpreted it as a no. I, looking back, I don't think it was that. But And I think it caused a, um, a bitterness, even a, uh, a sense of animosity. And so it's an interesting dichotomy because I, I love Jesus and I wanted to be all that he had created me to be. And yet there was this bitterness because he didn't take it away from me. And I think what that did is it created an isolation where I, instead of running to God, I just was like, well, if you're not going to change me, you know, what's the point here? And I think it created a chasm where I, I started not leaning in. And I was just curious, have you seen that? MPL you've worked with, and, and what would be your response to somebody else that is in that mindset right now? Yeah, oh, so common. Um, and as we think about it together just a little bit, you'll realize this makes complete sense. So if you have a friend or a parent or an uncle or you know, somebody you have a relationship with, and they hurt you, or uh, what often feels true with God is they stand there watching while you're while you need help 
you're suffering, you're getting beaten up by bullies, you can't do whatever, you're, you're in need of help. And that feels like there's somebody who's just standing there watching who could help and they're choosing not to. Mm. That, that's really hurtful, yeah? Yeah. If, if your mom or your dad or your brother or your uncle or one of your friends did that, if you had a friend on the playground that just stuck, stood there and watched somebody else beat you up because, like, that person was popular and they didn't want to, like, you know, lose social credits, um, that would really hurt. That would be devastating, yeah. Devastating, yeah. I mean, that, you would hurt straight up. Anger would be appropriate, and usually you get a little infection there, and you have like offense and bitterness. Um, and it, to, at some level, it would, it would be kind of a normal response to say, "Hey, um, I don't want to be friends with you anymore until we fix this." I mean, that that felt like betrayal. Um, I thought you were my friend. Mm. I needed your help. You just stand there, watch. You stood there watching, like until like. Um, <laughs> how do you expect me to want to spend time with you or talk to you or be your friend mm. until you apologize and assure me that we need to have a conversation where you apologize and you, and you reassure me about, you know, explain to me how that happened, apologize for it and reassure me that it's not going to happen again. No, that's like humanly, right. You guys are saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh that's yeah, we are. Sense. Yeah. We're not, you should see my wife's eyes right now. They're like, Oh man, this is so good. She's just talking at me through her facial expressions. Yeah, and I, there's little teeny little noises you make. This is all the nonverbal right hemisphere stuff where you can all this communication. And, right, that's the way a human relationship works. Mm. And if, if your perception is, hey, yeah, like you just said, um, I've seen God heal others. I know God can do this. I've seen him do it. I'm begging for it. Mm. And what totally like is a natural perception is you're standing there watching me suffer. You could help me. You're choosing not to. That feels really bad. Mm. And, you know, when people are in enough pain, they use a lot more colorful language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, on top of that, so it, it, the situation with, um, with the Lord, every time you press into it, you discover, oh, it was a misperception that he's just a jerk standing there um, for some jerk reason. Like, he's, he, he doesn't withhold his care because he's scared to offend the bully. Nope, doesn't happen. He doesn't withhold his care because he doesn't love you. Uh, with the Lord, it, it always turns out to be some kind of misperception. But you know, our human experience kind of transfers over there. Hey, if a person treated me this way, I'd feel betrayed. I'd be offended, and I wouldn't want to talk to him anymore. Yeah. So that piece just makes straight up sense. Now, the next piece that happens is if you have any memory in your in your actual, like, other people life, if you have trauma, if you had that, like, the, your friend didn't protect you in the playground, or your father was busy, you know, at work all the time and didn't help you with your homework, or your parents, like, in my situation, wonderful people, love the Lord, and they were so absorbed in trying to save the world for God, with God, doing ministry when I was a child, that they kind of didn't figure out until, you know, we were young teens, oh, they neglected their children, I mean, they they were so often absent because they were out trying to you know, be a part of God's work to save the world. So if you have painful memories down there where you felt like people that were important to you and should have been protecting you and didn't, and you have an experience like you described, is it Clinton? Yeah. Yeah. You have an experience like you described Clinton with the Lord, that's going to resonate. Any, any uh, old painful experience, you have about, 
hey, dad wasn't there when I was at my soccer game. Mom wasn't there, you know, when she got sick. And when you're two or three years old and your mom gets some, you know, gets mono or something, you don't say, oh, well, mom still loves me. She's just sick. It's like, I need her. She's not here. Yeah. That feels bad. Mom, like, hey, you're the mom. Deal yeah. with it. Yeah. Like, totally. Just be here for me. Yeah. So not only is that kind of a normal response, but it also resonates with any memory stuff. And you get the double whammy. Now, third piece of this. So that, that all makes sense. Why right? people feel hurt. And, and you know, you can get more, you can uh, pick what version of that. You know, I prayed and prayed, you know, for release, for deliverance, healing, or some kind of miraculous intervention for an addiction to pornography. Well, fill in, okay, addiction to cocaine. Um, what about my mother who died of cancer? And we prayed and prayed and prayed. What about, you know, my child died of leukemia. I mean, you think about it for a minute. There's just an endless string of something bad happened. My my son died in a car accident. Yeah. You know, my wife lost her job. And you fill in the bad thing. Where were you, God? What were you doing? Um, this feels bad. I don't like you or trust you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a really cool piece. So anytime a person is in my office, and we discover that dynamic. Hey, I'm really I, I have trouble taking to God because it feels like He didn't care for me and I'm hurt and angry. I say, okay, we could talk about. I have 15. I mean, I can turn to my desk and I have a whole shelf of books about where is God when it hurts, why is God that bad, good, bad things happen to good people. And I have literally 15 books sitting there on my desk, all of which I've read. Wow. And when you're not in pain. It all make, I mean, there's there's lots of good thoughts and biblical study about, you know, the sovereignty of God and the complexity of the world and free will. And I mean, there's there's there are actually some pretty decent answers um, that feel sort of almost adequate when you're not in pain or if it's somebody else's pain. But when you're really in pain, those cognitive left hemisphere theological answers. Just don't. I mean, you're, you're, there's a gut response down there somewhere. It'll say, you "Take that and just wipe your butt with it." It's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so true. And I think it's because it's the experience, right? That's the right side versus left side, right? The left side makes sense, but the right side is the experience, and we can't even hear that side. Yes, I mean, you're talking to somebody who's lost their marriage because of some big mess they didn't they didn't proceed with. Somebody whose child dies of leukemia, and you you know you're giving them insights from this book about, you know, the intellectual theological reasons for how come God allows bad things to happen. And they want to, they want to put you in the nose. Yeah. Yep. So the thing that does work is, okay, what we need to do is to go to the place in your life, not theory, not about, you know, and often they'll start with, Hey God, what about the children in Ethiopia? God basically look around the whole world. Look at all this bad stuff. And say, okay. Yeah. That's all important. But 100%, when somebody's really having that pain in my office, they have something in their own life. Mm. Okay. Then, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, the kids in Ethiopia, yeah, that's a challenge. The, you know, fill in the blank, COVID, environmental problems, whatever it is, you're upside down. But I, what I'd like to do is I want to find the deepest places of pain in your life where you felt like God did not take care of you. And what we need to do is go to that place go inside those memories and I'm going to help you connect with the living presence of Jesus inside that memory where, you know, your dad got 
died in the car wreck or you're into the memories where your mom was sick and she wasn't there for you. And you're fill in the blank. We need to go in, inside those memories. I'm going to help you connect with Jesus inside that place of pain, and then you can get out. And I will, as long as you don't throw my furniture, you can scream, you can swear, you can stop around my office, you can anything, and and I'll help you. If that feels scary, you know, I can help you do that. But I want you to, here's the two deals. Here's the two, the, uh, two conditions. You don't throw my furniture, and you actually look at Jesus. And you, if you just view into the darkness, you just practice being angry. Mm. But I don't care how angry you get. I don't care what kind of language you use. I don't care how, how loud you yell. As long as you're actually t- looking at Jesus and watching his response as you're telling him. Mm-hmm. Where the blank, mm-hmm. blank, where you, how did you let that happen? I can't believe we were begging. Or we were on our knees begging every night. How could, how dare you blank, 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 you know, let our daughter die. We were, we were good Christians. We've been so faithful. Mm-hmm. As long as you're actually looking at Jesus and talking to him and watching his response, I don't care what else we do. Mm-hmm. I don't tell my friends. Here's the crazy thing. Every single person who's not willing to do that, and so sometimes, I mean, they'll be screaming. I mean, I one person, I honestly was thinking the police were going to come to my door. Because I had this person <laughs> for like a half an hour screaming swear words at the yeah. top of his. I mean, and it all makes sense. I mean, the level of the, the trauma he was dealing with and the perception that God wasn't there. I mean, he was, you know, you blank, you blank, blank, come down here. I, I there is. And I, I mean, I really was thinking in my head, okay, what am I going to do if the door, if there's a knock, if the doorbell rings and the police are on the porch wondering what's happening in my office? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kept saying, okay, look, okay, every five minutes, okay, Jesus still there? Yep. Okay. Are you looking, are you talking to Jesus? Yep. Okay. What's he doing? He's looking right at me. He's listening. Okay. Keep going. Every single person who does this, they eventually get to the end. And they tell me, they turn to me and say, I'm completely satisfied with the Lord's response. Wow. And he'll tell them things like, you know, hey, there is an answer to, I mean, you are correct. The Father did allow that. He, oh, this is interesting. He never says, oh, I just couldn't stop. Yes, the Father and I did allow, we, we did allow that horrible thing to happen. And when you get to heaven, I will explain it to you. Mm. But your brain literally is not big enough to understand the answer. Mm. And for now, I am the answer. And for now, okay, look at my face. I am with you. And because of who I am, that's enough. Mm. And when they hear that from Jesus, inside the memory. And like, oh, this is why I thought, after the first time it happened, I was like, oh, wow, it's amazing. I have the answer now. So the next person, you know, similar situation, I explained, I told him the story. I said, hey, so, you know, Jesus is with you, and because of who he is, that's enough. And she just looks at me like she wants to punch me in the nose. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, right, okay, back up. Let me help you get inside the memory, and you need to hear it from Jesus. And that's like, okay, it's not just, you can't just write in the book, I can't just tell you. But if I help you actually have that experience, you go inside the place of pain and you engage with the living presence of God and you you hear that from the Lord himself. He'll, he'll say that, for example, that's when he says um, some version of, you know, hey, there is an answer. 
you can't understand it now. When you get to heaven, you get the full deal. But for now, focus on my face. I'm with you. And because of who I am, that's enough. That's one. Another one, this is, I've had this maybe five or ten times now. Actually, I don't, I've lost count. The person, they have the thing where they're in the memory, they're yelling at the Lord. And then eventually they, you know, I keep asking, okay, focus, asking, you know, telling them how he's responding, telling them how he's responding. And they kind of get all their pain out. And then they just sob uncontrollably mm. for like 10 minutes. And I ask them, so eventually, I like, so what happened? And they said, I am watching you right now. I am watching Jesus die on the cross in front of me. And he's looking me right in the face and he said, when this was happening to you, this is, you asked me, where was I? This is where I was. This is what I was doing. When that bad thing was happening to you, this is where I was preparing the saving power to redeem that trauma. Rolling back tears over here. Sorry. Every single person who's had that experience, when they get done, they say, yeah, I think I'm okay. So that was a long answer to your question, Clinton. But... Oh, my gosh. Sorry, we're crying over here. I'm just wiping my tears. <laughs> that was really powerful. Yeah, well, if you're in the room, it's yeah, that, that makes a pretty good story. And if, if, if you're actually sitting there when it's happening, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's quite an experience. I'm sure. You know, when you were talking, so many things were going through my head. And um, one of them is just coming from, you know, I think there's always two types of people. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's always two types of people. When you share about how you always, you know, practice this stuff at home and you now are this open book and you're, and you're, you know, practicing this stuff on yourself and you're, you know, coming to God and saying, Hey, is there anything, you know, that you, you want to talk about God? Like, let's, you know, let's dig up some stuff. I think there's that person. Cause as you were talking, my husband's looking at me and he's going, Charity, I want to do this. Like, this is some really good stuff. <laughs> and then there's me where I'm the type of person who grew up saying forgive and forget, like like just keep on moving on. Like we don't need to talk about it, you know? And so when you're talking about all this stuff, I'm like, this feels really overwhelming. Like, I don't know if I want to dig up all these emotions. Like the, that is a lot. Like what you're saying, it's, I know the fruit of it, everything that you're talking about. I'm like, wow, that is transformational. That's what Christ wants to do in our lives. And he wants to meet us there. And it all makes so much sense. But when you are talking about it from my perspective, everything in me is like, wow, that's going to be really painful. And I don't know if I want to go through that much pain, but I know the end result is so much more worth it because I don't want to keep on having triggers. I don't want to have to keep on having memories that remind me of dark things and past and hurts. And then I'm, you know, using that hurt and, and, and getting angry with my spouse for that hurt. And so I know that deep down I want that healing, but sometimes it's just so hard to even take that first step and say, Hey, I need to do this, but it's really scary because I get it. Like I get the logic versus experience and where you're going to see lasting change is through going through an experience and have having that experience with Christ. Like you're talking about, because that was like, I mean, I was just, I just started crying because I know what that would even do in my own trauma. And so 
first of all, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being so open and so vulnerable and transparent because that hit straight to the cord. Um, But I guess I just have one, one of my questions on everything that I just shared is what do you do? What can you say to somebody who is maybe a little bit scared to do that? Or maybe a lot scared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe a lot scared. (laughs) If they're a little scared, they just avoid it for a bit and then they're okay. The ones that that really need to answer that question are the ones that are terrified, Um, which sounds like sometimes you can feel that deep in your heart. And Mm -hmm. it's it's charity, right? Yes. Wonderful question. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because there's a bunch of things we won't get to, but I'm glad we're going to touch on this one. Because you're exactly right. There's some people who they hear that kind of story and say, hey, I'm in. Wow, that sounds fantastic. I can't mm-hmm. wait for the freedom. And other people who say, oh, my goodness, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to think of how to um, – uh, the long answer you know, could be a whole morning seminar. Um, <laughs> but I'll try to see if I can condense some pieces. So uh, one piece of that whole picture has to do with what we call capacity, mm-hmm. which, like, you know, intuitively we know that. How much weight can you put on a bridge? You know, you have a, if you have a mm-hmm. little rickety wooden bridge, you don't put a train on it. You mm-hmm. say, oh, that's a foot bridge. That's not a train bridge, right? Yeah. For, for electrical wiring in your house, your circuit breakers, mm-hmm. that's a 3-amp, that's a 5-amp, that's a 15-amp. You know, you don't run the washer and dryer on some little bitty wire that's made for, you know, like, three little light bulbs. Yeah. And if you do, the wire, you know, will get hot, turn red, catch on fire, and then melt. And if you, the idea is if you put too much load for a system that's not ready yet to carry it, it just, it doesn't work. Mm. And there's a whole lot of research that, like, um, this isn't a subtle, we're not sure about it deal with your brain, neurologically, psychologically, spiritually. um, There's kind of a parallel phenomena of, hey, that feels overwhelming. Mm. And uh, it kind of makes sense. and it's helpful just to understand that, oh, yeah, that's a really normal, that's a widespread phenomena in nature, in science, in, in physics and engineering, and in your neurological brain and your emotions and your spiritual whatever. So there's a piece there that says, oh, what's my system ready for? And realizing uh, part of that, um, when I, that story I shared about the people who were stuck and the Lord said, okay, just help them spend time with me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every single one of those people who were stuck is they did not yet have that kind of the neurological, emotional, spiritual capacity mm. to stay in the memories we were trying to work on. Mm. Mm. And just spending time with Jesus increased their capacity. Mm. We didn't, I didn't even understand that theory yet. Mm. He, he just told me to fix it. And then later oh. I'm like, oh, goodness. So now Dr. Wilder kind of explained that theory for me, theory for me later. Oh my goodness. And just spending time with Jesus every week. You know, for one person, it was five or six months where, like, every week we would help in all the places where she had pain to just connect with Jesus in that place and just spend time with Jesus. We're not going to, we're not going to focus on the pain. We're not going to dig into that memory. We're going to kind of connect with that, that child place that kind of knows about it. And we're going to help her just spend time with Jesus. And she's going to grow in her faith, and she's going to feel more safe, and she's going to feel stronger as she spends time with Jesus, and she'll be able to feel more and more confident. Hey, he's big enough. He's not anxious. I trust his character. I trust his heart. All that kind of stuff 
just grew and grew and grew steadily as she spent time with Jesus. And then one day she could feel it. Hey, I, I feel like it's all strong enough now. Like all the different pieces are ready. I, I'm ready to go work on that memory stuff. Mm. And we walked in and did it. Wow. The same wow. material we had been trying to get into over and over and over and over and over and over again could not do it. Wow. She spends regular time with Jesus for you know some season, and she could feel all those different pieces getting stronger. And it's like, oh, okay, now it's all in place. It's ready now. So that's mm. that's a piece of the. Another piece is like if you if you grew up in a family or if if you have friends or colleagues, or if you've seen it modeled in your community. Oh, I've seen other people do that kind of work. I know them. I've been in those sessions. I've kind of, I know what that looks like, and I've seen it work out well. And there's sort of a deep emotional memory space where you're like, oh, yeah, I know what that looks like. I've kind of seen people I trust and know model it. Um, that I can do that. So if you to, to see it modeled, if you've never seen it done and have it work out well, it, it's a whole lot scarier. If you have, it's a lot less scary. Mm. And then a third piece, which I'm, I would guess this is, I, I would, if I would give you a ten to one odds on this one, Charity, that if there's memory stuff, that's kind of like a, a part of the enemy's scheme here, is not just to have like a painful memory. If, if I were designing the, the enemy's plans, I'd totally do this. So first of all, you know, you have some painful memories that cause trouble and get in the way, and they get triggered on your husband or your children or your or God or whatever. I mean, and yeah, you want to work on those painful memories. Well, um, if somebody figures that out and you're the bad guys and those painful memories are causing all kinds of trouble, the last thing in the world you want is for someone to discover that that stuff can get healed and say, oh my goodness, mm. yeah, there are a number of tools that can do that. Hey, sign me up. Let's dump that stuff out and I'll be so much more free. Well, as soon as somebody figures that out, all your hard work to damage them is going to just be undone in a matter of time. What a frustrating, like, so what if you could have like a second kind of layer of memories that are specifically around being overwhelmed, um, being in a painful emotional place and not getting the help you need. Um, you've had friends or your own experience of you actually talk about a painful memory or some of the upsetting experiences in your family of origin, if you were a child, whatever. You have memories that are specifically about overwhelming, painful emotions, hurt way too much. Nobody knows what to do. You just eventually stuff them back down. It didn't do any good to try to talk about them. People just shamed you or blamed you. Mm. It turned out badly. Why would you ever want to do that? Mm. Mm. And there are lots of people who have those kind of memories. And you talk about, oh, let's do healing work. And those memories of, and it doesn't have to be conscious. There can be, you know, sort of it's implicit memory, emotional memory stuff. Their gut response is, oh, my goodness, that's not going to turn out well. You know, I just, I somehow I just, wow, my emotional response is, this is going to be messy. This is going to be ugly. This is going to hurt too much. This is going to be overwhelming. You know, I, and just over and over again, you, okay, what's that about, Lord? And you find, oh, here's a memory of my aunt who was mentally ill. And I remember, you know, my parents were, she, she kind of melted down once and, and they had to take her to the hospital and she got sent to the state hospital. It's the end of the world. Like, if you let your emotions out and start crying hysterically and like, I'm afraid if we go to this memory, 
I'm going to kind of fall apart. I won't be able to stop crying. And they're going to take yeah. me to the hospital or, or some, you know, that's, that's dramatic, but some version of that small or bigger where there's actually specific memories the enemy uses to scare you away from the healing work. Mm. Yeah. Here's the cool thing. If I had someone with, like you in my office, I'd say, okay, so the first thing we're going to do is help you spend time connecting with Jesus in positive memory where you feel safe, where the whole plan is just practice connecting with the Lord's presence, sensing his presence, getting a feel for his character and his heart, building it kind of confidence. Oh yeah, I can do this. And boy, the more time I spend where I can kind of sense his kind of living interactive presence, the more time I spend, the I can feel he's big enough. He knows what he's doing. He's wise. Yeah. I, I, the more time you spend, your faith grows, your capacity grows. Okay. Then the next step is, okay, would you be willing to talk to Jesus about your fears? We don't just take you to the deep end of the pool and push you in. We say, okay, so you spent some time connecting with Jesus. You kind of practice that. You feel confident. Hey, we can do this positive memory, connect with Jesus thing. I, I've kind of done that. It works. That, I feel confident. Good. So let's do that. Now, when you practice that for a while, I feel confident. Okay, Jesus, um, I'm going to help Charity talk to you. I want to help her get words for, for different fears about this healing stuff. I'm going to help her talk directly to you, Lord. And that's I, okay, so yeah, get words for the different things that feel scary. And then, okay, Jesus, there you yeah, I'm in my positive memory. There I am on the camping trip. We're having a good time. We're sitting around roasting marshmallows. I can sense Jesus' presence. Okay, in that memory, I want you to talk directly to Jesus about all your fears. What, what kind of things you're afraid of if you do this healing work? And in that safe, comfortable place, I help the person talk to the Lord directly about all their fears about doing the healing work. And they discover, oh my goodness, every one of those fears I talk directly to Jesus about loses power. Mm. Oh, less and less scared. Wow, I feel, we do that for a while, and boy, I feel, I feel a lot less afraid than I used to. Okay, here's the next step. If you're ready, when you're ready. So Jesus, my guess is there's probably some specific memories that contribute to those fears. Can we go work on those? Oh my goodness. There I am. I'm in second grade. And the other, there's one kid in the classroom who got upset about something. She was crying. And everybody was taunting her and mocking her. Oh, it was horrible. It was just like, like, you know, I've learned you do not want to express your mind. If you, if you cry in front of people, mm. they're going to humiliate you. They're, mm. Okay. That memory would sure contribute, wouldn't it? Mm. So yeah. we're going to help you connect. Okay. So Jesus, where are you? You were there when that happened. Help Charity perceive your presence with her. Can we can we walk through that together? So this memory doesn't contribute to that fear about doing her healing work. We go through that memory and you say, oh my goodness, that fear about like one of my fears was if we did that healing work, I'd start crying and people would kind of, it would be humiliating. And that fear is so much less now. Mm. Oh, good. So what else, Lord? And we would get a handful of those. And when we would get done, you'd say, this is, I mean, it's, I still like, yeah, I can tell it's going to be painful to go to those, go to some of those memories, but now it feels doable. And before it just felt like absolutely no way overwhelming. 
that was kind of a thorough answer, but did that all kind of make sense? Totally makes sense. And yes. as you're just walking me even through it, I feel a lot less anxious. <laughs> <laughs> so I could see how that uh, would help a lot. You know, we have talked about so much, and it's hilarious because we wrote out all these questions. I think we maybe asked like one um, that was actually on the paper, and then everything kind of just transpired off of the knowledge and the wisdom that you've been sharing um, with us on. And I'm just so grateful. And um, I just, you know, I want to ask one more quick question because I know we've talked a lot. But, yep. um, you know, we've in this interview, we've been talking a lot about um, triggers, what happens when triggers arise, memories, and now they're coming into our present. One, I guess, of my biggest questions for you is, what would you recommend someone who, from the betrayed perspective, just found out about her husband's infidelity, right? This isn't past trauma now all of a sudden coming in. This isn't a faded memory. This is a painful experience happening right now. What would you say to the betrayed to be able to handle it in a healthy way rather than just stuffing it inside? What would be your process for coping and um, healing in a proper way? Yes, yes. So a huge, big pain in the presence, truth-based pain in the presence. That's that's not about, you know, some friend of yours that didn't invite you to a birthday party and take a grade or whatever. Um, so big question. I'll, here's, I'll kind of think out loud a little bit. Some parts of that, you know, you, you two have a ministry addressing that. So there's things about, you know, community, get friendship support. There's a lot of good wisdom that you guys already know and you can share with your people. So I'll just delegate that to you. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll focus on two pieces that are kind of my specialty. Perfect. So, so no matter what you're going through, you just found out your spouse is unfaithful. Mm-hmm. Huge. You just lost your job. Huge deal. Mm-hmm. Your child just got diagnosed with leukemia. And there's a, there's a lot of big stuff that happens to people. You know, sometimes it's like you've got the flu, you, you know, you, you lose your job, but you're, you're pretty employable or I mean, there's painful stuff. There's huge stuff, like your child just got diagnosed with leukemia or you just found your spouse was unfaithful. Like a bomb went off in the living room. Yes. Stuff. So I can I can promise you, no matter what kind of horrible pain you're dealing with, it will be less horrible if you can feel there's somebody with you that loves you. Mm. I don't care what kind of... I mean, and that, that doesn't, it doesn't just go to zero, but mm. I can... It will be less horrible if there's somebody, if you can feel there's somebody with you that loves you. Mm. And that, of course, that there's community. You know, you want, the, the, if you have one of those things, you know, if your child gets diagnosed with leukemia, if you find out your spouse has been unfaithful, yeah. Um, the huge thing is people, friends, church, I mean, the ideal is that you have a circle of friends or family or church who can be with you and you can let them be with you. And like, don't share with the whole, you can correctly perceive, like, I can't just share this with everybody. Yeah. Right. But there's a small circle. Mm. You can let them be close and let them know. And you can feel they're with you and they love you. Mm. Huge. The next piece is God can do that. Like what I do for my life or manual thing is we apply brain science to help the person experience God's presence. Mm. So I can guarantee you, no matter what kind of bombs went off in your living room, if you can 
feel the living presence of Jesus with you when it's three in the morning and you're just kind of rolling around in bed with the nightmares about how this could play out, mm. I can guarantee you it'll be less bad if you can sense Jesus' presence with you. If you're thinking about how do I tell my kids and you're overwhelmed by that, I can guarantee you it'll be less bad if you can feel the Lord's presence with you. So community, same thing for God. If you can help the person connect with God, that will hugely help. And third, I'll kind of just point out a there's a false dichotomy here of, oh, this is real pain in the present and not memory. Mm. Well, usually pain in the present also stirs up some old stuff. Mm-hmm. Totally. You, nobody gets through childhood without a lot of bruises. And the bigger of a bomb that goes off in your living room in the present, the more it's going to stir up old pain. I mean, think about it for a minute. Oh, right. So kind of a double jeopardy that the enemy loves mm-hmm. is some horrible big thing happens, and that's going to stir up any deep, buried, bad trauma from your past. You know, if, you're, if your uh, father was an alcoholic and abandoned the family when you were five years old, well, guess what's going to get stirred up if you discover that your husband has been unfaithful? Yep. Yeah. It's going to open up those deep places of pain as well, obviously point there then is you don't if you're dealing with that kind of a problem in the present you don't need to also have three bricks in your backpack from your childhood and if you can do the healing work i mean it's obviously helpful navigating the present but if you were if you were talking to me i'd say hey a part of the plan let's go get um let's check a little bit yes there's old pain and pretty much pretty quickly oh wow yeah this is reminding me of when my grandmother died. This is reminding me of blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, this won't fix what to do with your husband tomorrow. But I can promise you, if we dump out three of those bricks that are from your childhood, you'll be more able to handle the present. So, Yes. That's so good. So good. That is so good. And oh man, I can't wait for heaven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where all the bricks fall out. Where all the bricks that we don't even know are there get released. <laughs> All, all the people in heaven, that's going to be wonderful. But that's, that's, yeah, I told them, I'm with you there. But God's kingdom here on earth, Jesus would say, you know, the kingdom that is like here, mm. we can start off. Amen. You do this healing work, and you can feel the bricks dropping out. Mm. And it's, and if you do it faithfully, you know, every six months, Charlotte and I will turn to each other, and we can feel that we have less, one less brick in the pack than we did six months earlier. Every two or three times a year, every year, we can look at each other and we can feel the tangible, lasting, stable, positive difference. Wow. You know, I love that because what you're saying is like, and not to discredit what we just said, right? Because there are people that really we should long for heaven. But it's incredible because what I hear you saying is that we don't have to long for heaven for an escape from the pain. Mm from our life. What you're saying is we can long for heaven just to be around Jesus 24-7. And again, it's outside of time, so it doesn't really apply. But right around Jesus for eternity. And at the same time, God wants us to experience his saving grace here on earth. And he wants to do that internal work in our heart to release the things that have caused pain 
and have potentially created trauma. And that's what I love. That's what I love. You, you're saying. I mean, there's so many good points um, in this recording. And I and you know, Doctor Layman. Unfortunately, we're out of time. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm so <laughs> bummed. I'm like, man, we could keep going. I yes. like we. We got to keep going. This is going to be an eight-hour-long podcast. You know, <laughs> we're going to use all of the whole time, but um, for two months in one podcast. But I just, I'd love to, um, I'd love to ask you a question about where our listeners can go to learn more about all that you are doing. Can you please tell us where we can, where we all of us can go, so we can continue to learn more about what the topics you're talking about and different things that you're currently working on? Yes, that's the good news. That's why I was not anxious about running out of time, which I knew, I knew from the first minute we would do, because we have a website that has like 2,000 pages of free download material. Wow. So it's not just like a couple of appetizers and you have to pay for everything. There's like, I, seriously, I think it is close to 2,000 pages of material. Emmanuelapproach.com. Like you can spell with I, I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L, like Emmanuelapproach, all one word, dot com. Um, you spell it with an E or an I. Either way, we've got them both. They both go to the same place. Mm-hmm. So our website, emmanuelapproach.com, has little video clips where you can see, like, live little examples of the kind of healing I'm talking about. Um, there's piles of different essays of kind of introductory stuff to explain more what I'm talking about. And then also um, there's a store page where there's, like, there's a whole book you guys mentioned the Outsmarting Yourself book, which is about triggering and how your emotions from old memories can sneak up and ambush you, and, which is all wonderful. There's a whole book about the Emmanuel Prayer thing. So there's there's two different books that provide hundreds of pages of details about everything I've kind of alluded to. And there's videos that have, like, we have a whole library of, like, live session, not a reenactment, not talking about it, like we filmed live wow. people getting healed and we have a whole library of those and it's kind of for free on a on free download. You get the trailer version where you just see the person crying and they're just saying, Hey, now Jesus is there and, and they're smiling and saying, Oh my goodness, I feel so much better. Wow. You can see the whole session, which is, you know, if somebody's kind of, what does this really look like? Do I yeah. believe this is real? If you watch it actually happen live, it's kind of convincing. Hmm. That is so, so cool. The website's got piles and piles and piles of resources uh, that expands on every point we made or alluded to. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, we are just so, so, so grateful. And I hope all of our listeners go to your website and learn more and apply it because I know that it is definitely transformational. I'm yours until the end of time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, follow us on Instagram, and sign up for the upcoming course. You can also connect with us on the Ask Us Anything page at RestoredToMore.com. Also, quick note. All the work at Restored to More Inc., including this podcast, is made possible by our donors and financial partners. We wouldn't be here without those who have generously given to the cause of restoration. If you ever feel led to give, you can do so on the donate page on our website 